back footballers dfs podcast with borg and bets and i have to say we took a bath this past week and it wasn't a good one we turned oh. out pretty dirty <laughs> it was a down week man you know what but uh hey listen it, it happens right and we said well, we need to have our listeners understand when playing dfs is that you do not win every single week otherwise this would be way too easy and everyone would do it and everyone would just be filthy rich so it, it doesn't work that way yeah, it was a down week for us. Had a couple injuries again that really hurt. But yes, uh, it was a learning experience for sure. And, and I'm ready to come back and crush here in week five. And I hope all of our listeners are as well. Yeah, I'm I'm actually at the beach this week. I'm recording at the beach. And so right now I'm trying to clear my mind. I'm trying to refresh my focus with DFS. So hopefully that's going to help me. Uh, oh, it has to. I, I feel like... You know, I need some renewed perspective. So I'm with my family, we're at the beach here in Florida, and I'm excited because there's a couple of things I did learn from week four, and that's going to be our quick question. What is one lesson that you learned that you can take into this next week, Bets? Yeah, I think for me, one lesson I learned is just, and this goes against everything I've ever done in cash games. I don't know why I did it this week, to be honest with you. So I'm learning along the way, like all of our listeners, but uh, I, I need to stop playing more volatile wide receivers in cash formats. It's it's a very high variance type of position as it is. And playing guys like Brandon Cooks, who, yes, the matchup was perfect on paper. He was running a ton of routes. Uh, he was involved in the game. But, I mean, last week, three targets, zero catches. Literally put up a, a goose egg. And that's not a cash game receiver. I mean, everything we know about Brandon Cooks is boom bust. So... For me, that was a little short-sighted to play him. Uh, and certainly, I want to build around more reliable PPR type of wide receivers if I build my cash lineups with uh, the stud running backs as we usually do. So for me, that was learning experience. I tend, uh, I intend to not make that mistake twice here again in week five. Yeah, for me, it was tough. My cash lineups, weeks one through three, have all cashed out 100%. I mean, I was on a roll. And then in week four, I ran into Kenyon Drake, which I think a lot of people... A lot of people did um, roster Kenyon Drake because the price was good on DK, who was still only 6K. And um, man, it just sunk my teams, if I was honest. Um, Between Kenyon Drake and DJ Moore, the opportunity was there. But really, there were other players that stepped up. Chase Edmonds, you know, had six targets. I mean, he's getting way more passing down work than Kenyon Drake. And I probably should have seen that. And then with the Panthers, you know, it's Robbie Anderson looks like he's the guy that we want to think about rostering. Although DJ Moore, you know, two weeks ago, you know, had 13 targets in a game. But um, it's just when we're building out cash lineups, we need to be able to look and see what could go wrong. You know, it's not just we're piecing together a roster that has a high floor. What we're saying, where could this go wrong? And with Kenyon Drake, even though the matchup was awesome, I mean, those two two guys were playing each other, Cardinals and Panthers. Um, it just, it turned out bad. So yeah, Drake is almost a curse word to me these days. I know a lot of people are really mad um, at just how things turned out in that that regard. Did you, did you play Kenyon Drake? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the process about it was correct, right? Like, great matchup. He was He's still seeing a ton of opportunities. I think 18 per game is the average that he's seeing when you combine his targets, which isn't much, <laughs> and his carries. But yeah, he just hasn't looked great. And, you know, the the offense looks different with DeAndre Hopkins than it did last year. And that's a, a, an obvious like, oh, yeah, duh, he's the best wide receiver in the game. So that will happen. But um, he just hasn't looked like the same type of player in, in the past month or so. And he was a guy that people took in the first round of redraft leagues for a reason because they thought he would have the volume. He is. He's just not producing. However, I will say these types of situations scream GPP type of play. Uh, moving forward. So I'm a sicko. I'm going to play a couple Kenyon Drake shares in my GPP lineups against the Jets this week, but uh, we are not talking about them on today's slate. So just wanted to put that out there. It's a great, you know, quote unquote, buy low opportunity uh, for Kenyon Drake in DFS. I don't think anyone's going to play him this week. No, I think that's a great point. And at the end of the day with cash, 
you're asking yourself who are two to three running backs that are going to get volume. And so, like you said, 18 opportunities for that price is something that you're just going to keep chasing, and especially in tournaments. Um, if you haven't had a chance to go online, you can look at all the articles that are found in the DFS Pass. You can go to ultimatedfspass.com. Bet's got to put out a Thursday night preview article in the Vegas Report. Uh, every week I do a pace of play and an article highlighting wide receiver and cornerback matchups. We would say that our DFS pass has lots of good content, but it also, you get a return on your money because what you actually get is picks for DraftKings and FanDuel from Ben Cummins and Rob Waziak as well. So we have a lot of tools in our DFS pass and we really encourage people to check it out, see if it's worth your time. Um, and you can also, if you bought the Ultimate Draft Kit, you can actually get the DFS pass for a major discount for half off. So go online, ultimatedfspass.com. And then also, if you want to, go on iTunes, subscribe and review. We've got some awesome new five-star reviews recently that um, really help us out a lot. Uh, we've been climbing the charts, Bets. Any, anything you want to tell the people just about the momentum of our podcast? It's been fun, man. I've had a, like, this is the highlight of my week. I don't, I don't know if that's lame or not, but I just love sitting <laughs> down and talking DFS. I mean, hey, it, with COVID, it, like, there's nothing to do. Like, this is, I, I love it. I love the process, and it's been so fun uh, to talk football with you every week. And I think our listeners have had success, and, and you know, it's just a, a good way for us to keep the momentum going here. So, uh, yes, I really do appreciate everyone subscribing, rating, and reviewing, checking out the DFS pass, all those things. We really do appreciate it. And I also want to thank the listeners, too, for playing with us in our weekly contest that we've had going uh, unfortunately you and i have not taken down the winning prize yet this is the week i am coming for the top spot yes each week we have a 75 man contest on DraftKings. it's only a five dollar entry and uh, the top five positions pay out but yeah i think the highest you got i think 12th place you were maybe yep. 10th or 12th yep first 12th. week i've been in the top 25 so i, I was close um but yeah it's it, it would be fun to to take it down but Without further ado, let's get into the main slate. State of the main slate. So I mentioned these games, these five games we're going to talk about this week with a little bit of trepidation. You guys know that where we're at in 2020 and just the world and NFL football, things do change. And so if we do mention a game, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So by Friday, if something does change and related to COVID, um, you need to adjust. And that's part of DFS is as we get news and as we get information, we do want to change. We want to be able to not just, you know, put our flag in the sand on Wednesday and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm going to do, especially for cash. You know, for cash, you're going to get information that says, I feel more comfortable about these players. But so give us a little bit of room um, as we're talking about this. But these are five games that we would say you need to attack this week. You need to learn how to stack. You need to learn how to fade. Um, we're looking at these games because these are going to be the ones that people are talking about. So for the first game, we're going to be talking about those Kansas City Chiefs and those Las Vegas Raiders. This game has a 56 and a half total and the Chiefs are 12 point home favorites, which is just nuts. A 35 or a 34 point team implied total. So, you know, the Chiefs are 4-0, they're rolling and they're facing their division foes who... You know, starting off 2-0, and but it's been kind of a rough go of it the last couple of weeks. Bets, in terms of this game, are the Chiefs just going to run away with it? I think they are, to be honest with you, man. I mean, what's so scary about this Chiefs team is we really haven't even seen them have a ceiling game yet, right? Like, they were held in check against uh, the Patriots, and of course, they didn't have to do a ton in their first couple matchups. They had a great game against the Ravens, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes still hasn't had his... Four touchdown passes, zero interceptions, runs for 50 yards, and just racks up you know points left and right. So this is a spot that I think he can do that, and I think he can win. I certainly, if I'm looking at this game, am attacking it as if that is going to be the case. So on the on the Chiefs side of the ball, I want to build stacks with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and potentially Kelsey, and then throw in CEH as well into a few lineups. I want to have a lot of different exposure to this game on the Chiefs side of the ball because I agree, man. I think they're going to come out and absolutely just smash the Raiders here and because of that I don't really want to be heavily uh, invested in the Raiders side of the ball of course if we're stacking we want to bring it back with someone on that side but I mean I can't see a situation where I'm going to play any Derek Carr stacks uh, against this Kansas City team yeah Carr has a couple of games per year where he just goes off but this is a different Chiefs defense if we're honest like the, the Chiefs defense really should be in play 
Um, they're second in turnover differential. You know, it really feels like a game that Vegas puts up 56 and a half points, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to be mostly Chiefs. Josh Jacobs is interesting. He's yet to score a touchdown. We've brought this up before, but he's never scored a touchdown in a Raiders loss. So either that that is saying, wow, like I shouldn't play him at all because they're going to lose, or you know what, maybe it's time for him to buck that trend. But on FanDuel, he's 8,200. He's priced up a ton. And on DraftKings, he's so much lower that he's actually somewhat tempting. Uh, Josh Jacobs is all the way down at 6,300 on DraftKings because he isn't getting quite the passing down work. So if you really wanted to go contrarian, I would say, you know, get Patrick Mahomes, get a pass catcher, maybe CEH and run it back with Josh Jacobs. But at the end of the day, I just want to focus in on the Chiefs side and specifically CEH. Is he a cash game play this week? Because we haven't really seen those ceiling games yet. Yeah, I think he is. I think for me, I'm going to build around CEH in my cash lineups. He might be the first player I put in and say, okay, what's uh, what's next? Because he's getting a ton of usage. And we saw in week one, he can be really effective on the ground. But we're also seeing uh, a huge uptick in his passing game usage. And Las Vegas, man, they are giving up the most uh, receiving yards, 69 receiving yards per game to opposing backs. So we're looking at a situation where CEH should have a positive game script. They're almost two touchdown favorites, so certainly he's going to be running the ball uh, in the second half a ton, getting a ton of, of touches, but then also he can win through the air against this team. They're giving up 5.3 yards per carry. They've given up seven rushing touchdowns to opposing uh, runners this season. That's the Raiders, and, and obviously you know we're in week five now, so four games, seven rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. I think CEH is in a fantastic spot to come out and smash this week. Yeah, and I love Travis Kelsey this week. He's the tight end two on DraftKings. And I'm just going to say this. We'll probably mention it a couple of times this podcast. You have to almost pay up for tight end this week um, because on this slate, we really do get Ki- we get Kittle, Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. They're all there and they're all priced up. So you really need to ask yourself, like, am I thinking about paying for this guy who is essentially a wide receiver at the tight end position and stacking him with, you know, Mahomes or stacking um, you know, Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson, like you have to think that way this week because there's not as many good punt plays that I like. And so for me, uh, Kelsey's in consideration on cash. I usually don't care about my tight ends at all, but, um, he's destroyed the Raiders in the past. And, you know, a couple years ago, he put up a game where it was like 160 and two touchdowns. Like he can do that this week, but I think he just has such a safe floor. Um, so yeah, for me, it's stacking the Chiefs side. And knowing you're going to have to pay up, or if I just want CEH in cash game, that's what I'm going to go with. Anybody on the Raiders side you want to talk about before we move on? I think if you're looking for a cheap potential cash game wide receiver, you can look at Hunter Renfro. Of course, he's always underpriced for what he can do in a PPR format on DraftKings. I mean, he's seen 17 targets over the past two weeks. So he's a guy that I would maybe look at in cash. But then if we're talking about a GPP where you're just going full Chiefs onslaught, like maybe you're going Pat Mahomes, CEH and Kelsey in one lineup and then bringing it back with someone else. You could get contrarian and play two tight ends um, with one in the flex. With Darren Waller, I think he's really intriguing. I mean, last season against Kansas City, his two stat lines were six for 63 and seven for 100. He's leading all tight ends and targets and receptions. So he essentially is the wide receiver one right now without Brian Edwards, without Henry Ruggs who are dealing with injury. So I'm looking at those two guys, but I'm definitely not going to be all in on them, so to speak. Uh, if we're talking about this game, I'm with you. You got to go with the Chiefs stack in this matchup. Yeah, it would be much interest, much more interesting if we had rugs in this game. So at least you could have someone who's a cheap player that you know could just take one of the house. But yeah, I like that call about playing both tight ends. You know, it is something in tournaments that you can think about. I actually wouldn't hate it either in cash. Um, but at the end of the day, it's mostly Chiefs here. So what do you think? Chiefs 12 and a half. What's your thoughts? It's a huge line to lay, but I'm going to do it with the Chiefs. I, I, you know, there's certain teams that you're like worried about potentially being a backdoor cover where it makes you look silly and you're like, oh, they only won by seven. Like, why would they ever bet minus 12 or minus 13? But I don't think the Raiders are that team. They're the worst two and two team, I think, in the league right now. I'm going to go with the Chiefs laying the 12. Yep, I'll do the same thing. All right. This next one is an AFC South battle team. One and three. One of them's 0 and four. <laughs> Why are we talking Ooh. about these such bad teams bets? 
because we want to attack bad defenses with offenses who can move the ball and put up points in bunches. And that's what we can do here with Gardner Minshew and uh, Deshaun Watson, who now without Bill O'Brien bringing him down, maybe he can come out and have a smash week. We'll see. This game is a 54 point total. Jaguars playing at the Texans. The Texans have a 30 point team implied total, which just jumps out to me when I looked out the slate. They're six point home favorites. And yeah, Bill O'Brien being fired really does change things just in terms of when we look at this team, um, their makeup, and what are they playing for. Uh, Jacksonville, one of the things that I love, and you pointed this out in the doc, is they just don't get after the quarterback. This isn't a Jacksonville defense that we're scared of like we were maybe in the past. And Watson gets sacked at one of the highest rates of anybody through the first four years of a career. Like the dude just just bleeds sacks every every single time. And so last week, I played Deshaun Watson, and he didn't quite get there. Um, There's a Will Fuller touchdown at the very end that was just so close. But this week, Deshaun Watson's one of my favorite quarterbacks to stack this week. And I think it's just really clear that he can get to 300 on DK, give you that extra three-point bonus, and the Jags' defense is not something you should be scared of. So how do you want to attack this with Watson? Yeah, I think Watson's in a great spot here. I just want to put out one quote. Uh, this came from Deshaun Watson. This is on Aaron Wilson's Twitter account. Uh, he follows the team. I believe it's for the uh, the Houston Chronicle. And they asked him about if Bill O'Brien leaving is going to change things with the play calling with Tim Kelly, the OC, uh, at the helm of as the offense. And Sean Watson said, yeah. He said, Tim Kelly has to open the book to do what he wants, and he can control this offense with me. We're going to do it together. And quote, take that for you know what you want but I want to build around Deshaun Watson in a couple of game stacks here with the Jaguars and as always I want to build with Will Fuller um yeah when Will Fuller's on the field you play him because he's productive and the hamstring injury has kind of been off and on this past two or three weeks but when he's on the field he's been productive and Brandon Cooks uh, you know I'm just maybe it's me from last week I'm just burnt by him because he went uh, goose egg on us but if I'm building stacks with the the Texans I mean, it's hard to look at anyone else besides uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, no, th- this game is going to be super fun, especially to me. The easiest way for me to look at it is to go Watson and Fuller. And then if you in a GPP, I really like Cobb. Um, you know, he's got yep. a great matchup. He's been super productive, which I written him off at the beginning of the year. Just thought this guy was old and done. But uh, he's been productive and he's actually affordable, especially on DraftKings. And then on the other side, if you want to do James Robinson, it, He's priced up. I was looking this week. He's up to running back five, which is crazy to think that an undrafted free agent rookie is now the RB5 on the slate. But the dude is getting the touches. He's been impressive. Um, I have him in Dynasty, so I feel like a like a very smart man. Um, oh, such a, the scouting eye of Kyle. I mean, he just he saw this guy coming from a mile away. Guys, let me toot a horn for a second. Uh, I... <laughs> So I write an undrafted free agent articles. I know you guys are really pumped about that. That's an article you guys look for. Yes. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yes. Nobody I mark cares. the calendar every year waiting for it to come out. <laughs> it's literally right after the NFL draft happens. I look at a list and I write down about 10 undrafted free agents that I think could be something. And James Robinson was one of those 10 that I pointed out this year. So, um, I should just retire once again. I think I've done that a couple of times on the podcast that I should just yep. log off. <laughs> and I should have been done in, in May after that. But yeah, J- James Robinson, great, great choice. Um, what do you think about DJ Chark? It's Chark week, man. I I, I think DJ Chark finally got off. Um, you know, he got off to a, a tough start. He got back into rhythm with Gardner Minshew. And, you know, this Houston secondary, let's not... That's not a joke, right? They are they are horrible secondary. He can come out and he can win. He saw nine targets last week, found the end zone twice. Now, are you going to project two touchdowns every week? Probably not. But DJ Chark is a guy who we've seen have these spike weeks in the past. And we can't forget what just happened last week with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Both guys go over 100 yards. Adam Thielen finds the end zone. So this secondary can't hang with DJ Chark. I certainly want to play a couple of Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark stacks. And then on the other side of the ball, if you want to go against Deshaun Watson or maybe you want to get contrarian, you could look at David Johnson. But I think, you know, a Minshew Chark stack, bringing it back with Will Fuller or Randall Cobb, to me, uh, sounds really, really intriguing, especially in GPPs. Yeah, Chark is priced up on FanDuel after two uh, a 2 TD week last week. But 6,500 on DraftKings, I think he's great. I don't mind Gardner as kind of like 
middle of the road option. Um, much rather go with Watson, but I think he's in play. And then I'll just throw this out there. Both tight ends in this game are punt plays. If you want to go to Jordan Akins, Tyler Eifert, uh, if Eifert's who popped up on the injury report, um, if you don't want to play him, James O'Shaughnessy, but they're running routes. This game should be paced up. Um, it's a 54 point total, but, um, thought I mentioned both of those guys. Uh, and then I'll just say, I just, I can't play David Johnson. It's just not there for me right now. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I mentioned it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I just I just wanted to let our listeners know, like, you could be contrarian and do it. Uh, Jacksonville, I mean, we just saw Joe Mixon come out and absolutely obliterate them uh, last week. But I don't know, man. I, I don't think I'm going to play. I don't see a scenario where I play David Johnson in a DFS lineup one time this year. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I'm out. And it's not because I don't like David Johnson. He's been great uh, in his career. But to this point, it just uh, the best days are behind him, I think. That is so sad because it's obviously so sad. Fo- the footballers loved him. I think fantasy players just love David Johnson. But really, maybe we'll keep mentioning him as just a simple life check. Just like, is he alive? Is he okay? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep making sure that David Johnson is 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 around. But uh, give me your Vegas pick on this one. Yeah, I don't have a strong take on the sides, but I like the over quite a bit. We talked about both defenses just being so so bad and both offenses being able to come out and win. And certainly Deshaun Watson had a rough start to the year, but this is a get-right game if there ever was one, so I'll take the over in this matchup. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville in the six. Um, I could just I could just see this being a close one coming down to field goals at the very end, but yeah, should be a good one. All right, this next one is shockingly um, a chance for both of these teams to go into first place. Uh, in the <laughs> NFC East. So you can explain to me how the NFC East works bets because nobody is uh, is trying to win here. And it's weird that the Eagles could all go to the playoffs and have the number one pick at the same time this year. That's a wild thing to do. <laughs> I mean, hey, shout out to the Eagles for being the absolute worst uh, first place team that ever existed in the entire existence of the NFL. Uh, but yeah, the NFL changes quick, right? Two weeks ago, we were just sulking in our... Uh, sadness of the Falcons and Eagles being two of the worst franchises of 2020. And here we are. We're in first place and life's good, baby. So let's go Eagles. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You shut your <laughs> mouth after you got a tie and barely a win. You you guys are, you guys are talking things up. All right, let's get in this matchup talking about NFC East. It is the Owen four New York giants who are barely a football team. Let's be honest um, at the Dallas Cowboys who are one in three, which Man, they put up a lot of points for for being one and three. This game has a fifty four point total, which is why we're talking about it. And Dallas is nine and a half point home favorites. So, the thing about this game is these defenses are trash. I mean, they have been destroyed this year, and the Cowboys have been playing at an absurd pace the entire year. And that's something that you know we want to take advantage of. My first question before we get into this is: Dak Prescott going to have to throw the ball fifty times against the Giants? I hope so, uh, but I don't think that's a realistic uh, projection here. You know, the games where he has had to just come out and the the game is literally on his right shoulder is in games where the opposing offense comes out and just pushes Dallas to the brink where they have to throw the ball to catch up. The Browns, I mean, the the Seahawks, the Falcons, etc. cetera. Uh, the Giants, I, I think they can put up points, but I don't think they can put up points the way those offenses can. And so I think this is a scenario where, you know, Dak... Um, in the third quarter starts to fade out and in the fourth quarter it's just Zeke over and over and over again and they just kind of ice the game here I actually spoiler alert like Dallas to cover the spread and so if we're projecting that type of situation then certainly I think Dak's overall ceiling might be limited a little bit because he's not going to be throwing 50 times a game in the fourth quarter but still uh, to me a cash game play he's going to come out he's going to have two to three touchdowns and probably put up 250 to 300 yards and and he'll have a great week but yeah, I, I mean, 974 yards over the past two weeks is an NFL record for a two-week span by a quarterback, and I don't think we're going to see that again here uh, this week. The Cowboys rank first in plays per game, first in seconds per play, and second in yards per play. In other words, they are efficient, they're going fast, and they have to put up a ton of yards just to to come back. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It could be that Dak is the way that they get ahead in this game. You know, Dak gets three touchdowns and then Zeke's the one that milks the clock at the very end. 
But I think it's a Zeke game. I, I've mostly faded him the last two weeks, but he will be the cash game running back that I go with. This week, if you're going to pay up at running back for cash, there's two guys that are priced up above everyone else. It's Zeke and Derrick Henry. And I think you need to pick between those two who you're going to roll with um, and then kind of find and find your other running backs. But Zeke is the one that I recommend as my cash game lock. He's just so safe. Um, he's going to get 20 touches. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to get a touchdown as well. So uh, I love that side. In terms of Amari Cooper, dude's leading the league in targets. And man, he's just been so safe that I feel like people are going to want to go back to him, but we've seen his volatility. We've seen volatility in wide receivers is just something you're not sure you want to go there. So would you pay up for Amari in cash? I think I'm at the point after the first month of the season that I need to play at least one Dak and Amari stack every week, just in case they have that um, three touchdown connection and they go for 150 yards for Cooper and Dak hits 300 yards on DraftKings. Like that happens potentially a time or two throughout the the season. And I would be sick if I missed out on it with how much they're throwing the ball and how efficient they've been. I want to play a stack or two around Amari Cooper, but I'll tell you what, the guy I'm looking at that I'll be overweight on in tournaments is CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's come out and he has been so consistent. Uh, We've seen slot receivers just absolutely torch the Giants. Cooper Cup went seven for for 69 and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk went eight for 70. Juju in week one went six for 69 and two. I mean, and CeeDee Lamb has had five plus receptions every single game. So while I do like Amari, I'm going to play a lot of CeeDee Lamb this week because he's cheaper and he could have potentially the same ceiling uh, in any given week as Amari Cooper. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is there in cash. Like I, I I like his price. It's still not up, you know, high enough where you're gonna be scared to play him. So uh fifty three hundred on FanDuel, that'll that'll get it done. Um, but just don't expect a ceiling game, in my opinion, for somebody like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I love the call on CeeDee Lamb. Um Dallas defense. Dallas defense is somebody that you really need to think about in tournaments. Um and they're 3,500 on FanDuel. So that's that's something you need to really lock in. Um, but what, let's talk about the Giants side. Because so far this year, they've basically been the worst hot piece of trash in the league. Like every week, <laughs> every week, Daniel Jones could not be more worse. Like he just continues to look like he can't move the ball. Other than like some sneaky rushing, you know, you know appeal. It's like they just can't move the ball down the field. Evan Ingram is really frustrating me in redraft, but I actually might play him in DFS this week. Tell me why I should be playing Evan Ingram. You absolutely should be playing Evan Ingram this week. I'm very, very excited about him. And we're going to talk about another player on the Giants uh, in a second, Darius Slayton. But I think he's going to be relatively popular because... You know, when you look at the matchup, it's like, oh, yeah, duh, play wide receivers against Dallas. They're going to come out and smash. So I'm going to play Darius Slayton. But Evan Ingram, to me, is a GPP play that I think is going to be relatively on a a lower percentage of rosters. But he should not be. This is a blow up spot. I mean, the past three weeks against tight ends, Dallas has been atrocious. You've referenced this stat quite a bit. I've referenced this stat quite a bit with, but without Leighton Vanderash on the field, they're giving up receptions to tight ends like it's their job. I mean, last week we saw Austin Hooper come out and have a good game against this defense, and he has done literally nothing for the first three weeks of the season. So for me, Evan Ingram, he's a guy who's on the field 90% of the snaps. He's getting about seven and a half targets per game. He he's just so athletic. He can take one to the house any given play. He's kind of like that hybrid wide receiver tight end that I like to have a lot of exposure to in DFS because they can kind of blow up for you. So I like Darius Slayton, but I'm going to be so overweight on Evan Ingram in tournaments this week, and, and hopefully he doesn't come back to bite me. But I'm riding the hot streak tight ends against Dallas here in Week 5. That's a good call. Yeah, no, this giant side is intriguing because there's lots of different people that you could go to in a tournament and gain leverage over the rest of the field. So if you think it's Slayton, um, you know, he's got a great matchup that Dallas has just been getting destroyed by perimeter wide receivers. So at 4,800 on DK, that's like you could fit him in your lineup so easily. You could start this game by saying, I'm going to go Zeke. And then I'm going to go on the other side and maybe take either Slayton or Ingram and stack them with Daniel Jones. Only for GPPs, okay? So Daniel Jones should not ever be mentioned in cash. Ever, 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 ever. Um, He's not allowed. (laughs) 
He's don't even think it. I don't know if DK will actually let you submit a cash roster with Daniel Jones in it. I'm going to try. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, I, I just yeah. want to give a shout out real quick before we move on from Daniel Jones uh, to the new upgrades on the website. This is fantastic. The player profiler p- profiles on the fantasyfootballers.com is so legit. I mean, I'm looking at Daniel Jones profile as we speak. Um, and there's just so much like, good information on there. He's got 27 red zone attempts, which isn't awesome, but just one red zone touchdown, which you have to think, you know, using that data from the website, you have to think that that bounces back in this matchup. So if there was ever a week for Daniel Jones, ever, (laughs) it's this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about him as a GPP type of play. Week five is Daniel Jones week is what I'm hearing. It is. It absolutely is. Let's go. Because weeks one through four have definitely not been uh daniel jones at all no way not even it also don't play any giants running back like don't do it they're they're just not worth it no 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 no. as as a former as a falcons fan i almost said former falcons fan as a falcons (laughs) fan former running first place eagles man we got you (laughs) former running back devonta freeman just looks toast he's 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 done um so give me give me your vegas pick on this one yeah, I'll, I'll lay the points with Dallas. I, and honestly, you know, this is not a sports betting show by any means. But if you like Dallas, if you're like me and you like Dallas, you need to bet it now. Because by the time Sunday gets around, I think it's going to be like 11, 11 and a half points. Um, I think it's going to climb. But I'll take Dallas here at nine and a half. I'll take the over. 54 feels like uh, they can get there. And, and we've seen Dallas give that up like before halftime in some of these games. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the over. Speaking of... The Falcons. I feel like this is this is the week. I think this is this is the week. The Falcons take on the Panthers at home. The Falcons are somehow zero and four, which feels like it should have an asterisk next to it. And the Panthers are two and two, two wins in a row. Here's the formula for success bets: If Christian McCaffrey goes out, you start winning. Explain that one to me. Football. That is football in 2020 in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked up the Panthers. You know, we did a lot this offseason, and it's looked a little different than what we thought. It's been a lot of Robbie Anderson, and it's been a lot of Mike Davis. Mike Davis is someone that you can trust, at least I do at this point. I've seen it a couple weeks in a row, where you can trust him in cash. On DK, I will be playing him at 6,400 in my cash lineup. So I usually play three running backs. So it's going to be Zeke. It's probably going to be Mike Davis at this point in the week because Atlanta has always, I mean, we always give up receptions to the running back position. It's just something that's just, we've never covered it. So I like Mike Davis. I think he's a safe play in this one. Um, and then find another running back. But those those that's a great way to start your roster. But this game right now at 53 and a half, I feel like I already like the over. Just spoiler, like this, this everyone saw the Falcons on Monday night and they saw how bad they played. And I think you need to go right back to them in DFS. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll play Falcons every single week. It's still a good offense. I mean, don't they'll, every every team in the NFL is going to have a down week at some point, but this is still a good offense, and certainly we want to attack bad defenses. Ben Cummins, our good friend, uh, who writes up articles in the DFS Pass, please, please, please check that out, wrote up a free article before the season start, and there's you know certain defenses we want to attack every single week in DFS. He talked about the Panthers for good reason, and here we are again, right? Like You want to attack the Panthers. They are not a good defense. Matt Ryan historically plays way better at home uh, in the Dome than he does on the road. There might not be Julio Jones on in this game, which certainly could bring down Matt Ryan's ceiling, but certainly you want to have some exposure to Calvin Ridley. I think Russell Gage is a really sneaky type of play here. He's just $5,100 on DraftKings and just 56 on, on FanDuel. $5,600 to me is great. Carolina is a defense that plays a lot of zone coverage, and so they limit your deep you know, your deep passing, but Russell Gage working in the slot, um, I think could win and could have a nice day. You know, they're giving up 70% completion percentage to the slot. So there's still a lot to like about the Falcons. You know, recency bias is, is a real thing in DFS. And I don't think we should be fading the Falcons as heavily as other people may be this week. Yeah. We've mentioned Matt Ryan as just a DraftKings play most of the time. And I think he's set up for success. The Falcons, they rank second in seconds per play so they're they're paced up but they're 21st in points per drive so just they've just been super inefficient and i don't mind going back to calvin ridley i mean people saw that goose and i think you need to go back to him and you have to pay up which makes him in tournaments so tournaments only 
Calvin Ridley is someone that is going to be rostered much lower than you would any other week. You know, weeks before this, you're getting about 15 plus percent. I bet he will be under 7% because he's so priced up and people are looking at what happened last time. So I really like that stack if you want to do that in tournaments. Also with Russell Gage. Uh, Thoughts on Todd Gurley? He had two touchdowns this past week, but other than that, he's looked pretty poor on the field. So any interest? No, he's in that category of I just can't click the draft button or click the submit button to my lineup with Todd Gurley in it. I mean, he just hasn't looked good. And, you know, touchdowns are tough to predict, as we've talked about before. Yeah, man, he's a guy that I think we all pegged as like, okay, if he can't do it on the ground, like he can at least do it through the air. But he's just not seeing targets at all. I mean, he hasn't really seen much since week one where he saw five. And then since then, it's been, you know, zero, one, two. Like, he's just not getting work in the passing game. So I can't, he doesn't have the ceiling. I can't go back to him. On the other side of the ball, Robbie Anderson, man, Robbie Anderson has become the wide receiver one and Atlanta is allowing the most deep completions in the league. I mean, that's just screaming for us to play Robbie Anderson at his price. He's 5,900. I I want him in my lineups and tournaments, especially for me. This game is, is a simple double stack. It's me saying, I want Ryan Ridley and Gage, and then the other side, Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson. If you really just want to say full-on stack, I want this game. I think it's going to hit the over. I think you can fit all of those in your lineup and still find a place for a high-end running back um, because there's some affordable pieces here. So I like this game to hit the over. And on the Panthers' side, I I just like what I see from Teddy Bridgewater. He had a little scoot this past week that we, we haven't really seen from our boy Teddy Two Gloves, but... The dude can run a little bit, and I'd like to see more of that. So, would you play Teddy? Yeah, that was, that was so funny this weekend, man. He like had that uh, that touchdown run immediately. You and I both text each other at the exact same time. Like, that's our boy, Teddy. Let's go. Uh, so, yes, I will play Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you just want to play quarterbacks against Atlanta. I'm sorry, Kyle. They they cannot stop anyone through the air. So, yes, we'll play some Teddy Bridgewater. I do want some Robbie Anderson, no doubt about it. I'm with you on Mike Davis. But, again, I talked about it with Kenyon Drake. I'm going to go back to DJ Moore this week in GPPs. I will not play him in cash. But I think people just are so short-sighted, and they say, you know what? It's been one too many weeks. I've gotten burned by DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson's the new wide receiver one. I'm not going to play DJ Moore. I think he he could come in in this matchup at single-digit roster percentage. And to me, it's just a great GPP play. He could be a guy that just takes a long one to the house and wins you a week. So I want some DJ Moore this week. You are a masochist. You just like hurting yourself with Kenyon Drake, <laughs> DJ Moore, just like, well, that's what I did to myself last week. But yes, I agree. I agree. I think I think it's actually a good call in tournaments to go there. Um, real quickly, the line is two and a half. Oh, man. I just, I know I'm biased, so I usually like to throw myself out of here, but I feel like my Falcons are going to rally around Dan Quinn, who should have been fired two years ago. And uh, so I'll take the Falcons in the points. It is truly impressive that he still has a head coaching job for the Falcons. Uh, But with all that being said, I will take Carolina here. It's just a game that I don't have a a strong conviction for one way or the other. And so by default, I'll just take the team that's getting points here with Carolina at plus two and a half. All right, let's get to our last game. This is the Bengals, who are 1-2-1. and one. It's a fun team. Against the Ravens, who are 3-1. Baltimore is 13.5-point favorites. Usually, Ravens games are ones that are interdivisional that we kind of stay away from in DFS. You know, we usually look at the Ravens' defense as one that just dominates and just completely suppress the other side of the ball. But the Ravens' defense has actually allowed the fourth-highest pass rate and the ninth most passing yards in the league so they've actually given it up way more than what you would believe and the Bengals have been pace up the entire year they're sixth in seconds per play and they've had the second most plays per game now they did play an overtime game against your eagles you guys tied the Bengals, man the Bengals. <laughs> i tried to forget that uh but i guess i'm brought back to the memory of them punting on fourth down with 20 seconds left uh yes i am now officially Mad at the Eagles again, so thank you, Kyle. <laughs> so can you play the Bengals against the Ravens, which feels like a major no-no, but can you can you stack Joe Burrow with 
you know, maybe Tyler Boyd or T Higgins, or can you, maybe this is a bigger question that DFSers are going to want to know after Joe Mixon's giant explosion last week, can you go back to him on the road against Baltimore? It's tough. I don't think so. And it's mostly because of the fact that we want to understand that, you know, in DFS specifically, it's a week to week game for sure, right? We reset each week, we reset our lineups, we have a new mindset. But you also have to look at, you know, the historical trends across a longer sample size. And Joe Mixon is the type of player that will spike and then disappear and then he'll spike and then he'll disappear. And so I can't trust him in cash, but certainly you could look at him in a GPP. I think if I'm looking at someone on the, the, you know, Cincy side of the ball, I think Tyler Boyd is just so, so safe. He's been incredible this year and no one's talking about how good he's been at $6,000 on FanDuel. To me, he's a, a really sneaky type of play because I'm sorry, man. AJ Green is just, he's not it right now at this stage of his career. Tyler Boyd's seeing a ton of volume. He's been productive. He's shown great chemistry with Joe Burrow. So uh, I think he can come out and win. We just saw Terry McLaurin with now bench Dwayne Haskins come out and finish uh, as a very, very productive wide receiver last week, caught 10 footballs. So yes, I will play Tyler Boyd in this matchup. It's it's hard for me to figure out how I fully want to stack this game. I know there's going to be points, right? It has a 51-point total, so it needs to be something we talk about. But it feels like I want to just have a Ravens onslaught stack. Um, you have to pay up for Lamar. I mentioned that before. Um, but it feels like it could be a Hollywood week. I feel like he's kind of, you know, most people have l- overlooked him. But do you think maybe on DK um, you could start with like a Lamar and Hollywood stack and then running back with Boyd on the other side. Like, I feel like that's a safe way to get a piece of this game while not, you know, maybe going overboard. Maybe you want to throw in Mark Andrews as well, but talk me into Hollywood. Yeah. I'm not sure I really need to, because it sounds like you're already in, but I'll I'll try. (laughs) I mean, he's a guy that we've talked about, you know, over the course of the past several weeks in the off season as being a ceiling type of player. And this is a game where Hollywood can reach his ceiling. He is seeing a ton of the, the Lamar Jackson air yards. 44% of the air yards is insane. He's seeing a 27% target share, and he's been tackled at the one-yard line twice this season in four weeks. I mean, that just, to players, like you know, that happens like once a year or twice a year maybe, and it's happened twice for, for Hollywood in four weeks. To me, I'm going to put this out there. He finds the end zone. I I think he's a touchdown scorer this week. It's coming for Hollywood Brown. A ceiling game is coming. And so, yes, I think stacking Lamar with Hollywood and then bringing it back with Tyler Boyd is my preferred way to go in this matchup. I really, really love Hollywood this week. I mostly stayed away from the Ravens backfield in DFS. You just just don't want to RBBC. Like, you don't want to look at a backfield and guess when it comes to DFS and say to yourself, you know what, this this guy's going to get 15 touches, I think. And Mark Ingram is somewhat tempting, especially on FanDuel. Um, he's 6,100, so he's actually right there with Kenyon Drake if you wanted to go there on FanDuel as kind of like a pivot. But um, yeah, I'm mostly just going to go with Lamar, stack him with either Hollywood and uh, Mark Andrews. And then the other side, you know, it's Drew Sample. Am I right? Dude, I, so listen to this. I had to play him last week. Uh, with all the injuries, with a, all of a sudden bye week for the Steelers and the Titans, I was, I'm was i going to start two tight end league, and it is terrifying. And I had Drew Sample, and I was like, I guess I'm doing it. And he came out, had 12 points. like It was awesome. So, yes, go Drew Sample, the official tight end of the footballers DFS show. <laughs> it's Yeah, let's, let's, let's build on our, our, our guys real quick. It's quarterback, it's Teddy B. You know, that, that's... Oh, 100%. <laughs> And let's be clear, these, these are players that we that are very endearing to us, and we're not saying that they are the best. Uh, we're They're not even great DFS plays, but they are our boys, <laughs> and we, we want to bring them up every single episode. I would say for a while, it was Marv Jones, but... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or Terry McLaurin. He's been a, a better okay. uh, talking point for us this year. But yes, we both love Marv. It just hasn't happened yet. So uh, soon, Marv, soon is your time. No, no, let's go with Terry. Terry sounds much better. Um, Drew Sample. And then, man, who's a running back that we both love that we've talked up a bunch? I think it might be James Robinson. I, like, I'm coming around on the guy. He's just been so productive. And you talked about him in March. Like, come on. He's, he's the official running back of the show. Yeah, man. So we're, we're geniuses. Let's just let's just call it that. 
Uh, okay, give me on this line. What do you like with the Vegas? Yeah, it's a thirteen point and thirteen and a half. Excuse me, point spread, and I, I like Cincy to cover. I mean, it's a huge spread. We almost saw Dwayne Haskins cover this last week, and Joe Burrow each week is getting better and better. So I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I will take the points with Cincinnati. Yeah, I think I would go there as well. I also, I'm not, I don't feel strong enough, but I could see this going under just because AFC North games defense. Um, yeah, and and since these defense has improved, you know they're they're not like at the bottom of the league they were uh, for years in a row. So I don't mind going there as well. All right, let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. Bets, you last week got destroyed by me. Um, I had some, I had a couple oh, of great calls. Good. We're actually tied now. I've came, come all the way back and I've tied in terms of our wins. So right now I have nine, you have nine, and our guests have one um, on the year. But um, this week we're going to get into a couple of interesting categories. And for those of you out there, this is a chance for us to compete against one another. But for to do the mental exercise, of giving yourself categories when you're looking at DraftKings or you're looking at FanDuel. We're going to use FanDuel this week, but you get to ask yourself, who is somebody, you know, this first category, who is someone outside of QB 15 that you could actually see coming through in terms of points per dollar? So when you're looking at selecting a quarterback, is there somebody outside of that first group and that second group, that major tier that you could say could come through? So who do you like outside of QB 15? Let's go right back to the official quarterback of the Ballers DFS show, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Hugloves, the quarterback four from week four. He was fantastic. And I think this is a week where you can just smash. I love on our site, um, you know, for the Foot Clan supporters, the Stream Finder tool is just so, so clutch. Let me read you what the Stream Finder is telling me about the matchup with the Falcons, okay? They are ranking 32 in the league in terms of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. They have given up the following finishes to the quarterbacks. Quarterback one, quarterback one, quarterback four, and quarterback three. I think it's a pretty good matchup here for Teddy Bridgewater based off those numbers, if, if I'm reading that correctly. So give me some Teddy two gloves here at 7K on FanDuel. I'm going to stay with Daniel Jones. I think he's just crazy enough of a pick to win you a GPP. He's done that for people in the past. This is kind of like Mitch Trubisky. If you know, Mitch Trubisky is going to have those two or three games a year, and he has the rushing equity. And so I love that about Daniel Jones. The Cowboys defense has been utter trash this year. Um, And I'll just also throw out there, it's kind of fun that Kyle Allen is starting for Washington. Um, I played him a couple times in DFS last year, and he paid off, but... I'm not telling you to play him, but just keep your eye out. He could be usable because Dwayne Haskins certainly wasn't. All right. Give me a running back in the top five. So top five in terms of salary that you think could bust. Yeah, I'm going to go with my boy, Miles Sanders here. Obviously, our listeners know I'm an Eagles fan, but I am not a biased uh, DFS analyst. I'm worried about Miles Sanders this week. He's taken on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is now coming off the unexpected buy with the COVID situation of last week. More time to prepare for Miles Sanders, who, let's be honest, is pretty much the only weapon in the offense at this point. And we've seen guys like Saquon Barkley just do absolutely nothing against this defensive line. The Eagles, man, they are struggling with the offensive line injuries. I think it's going to get really ugly really quickly for Miles Sanders. Uh, to me, no way he pays off his salary of $7,500 on, on FanDuel. Josh Jacobs is 8200 on FanDuel, which is just stupid crazy. On DraftKings, he's much cheaper. I mentioned him as somebody on DraftKings that's kind of buried in, in some of the pricing. But listen to his fantasy output so far this year. On FanDuel, 33.9 first week. I mean, that, that, that won you the week with Josh Jacobs. But since then, 12 points, 7.8 points, and 8.8 points. That is not even close to being able to pay off uh, for that salary. That's not even one Xing uh, some of the time. So Josh Jacobs against the Chiefs on the road, you're hoping for a touchdown. But like I mentioned, he's never scored a touchdown in Raiders loss. No, thank you. All right. Give me a high priced wide receiver over 6,500. You're going to roll with this week. Yeah, we talked about this matchup with the Chiefs, and I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill here in our contest. He is 
$8,200, so certainly he is expensive on FanDuel, but it's for good reason. He's taking on LaMarcus Joyner in his cornerback matchup here, and you'll probably talk about this in the article in the DFS Pass, but LaMarcus Joyner, man, has just been toasted week after week. He's giving up a 76% completion percentage, the sixth most yards after the catch, and Tyreek Hill with his speed certainly can win in that way. Other deep threat wide receivers against him have won. We're looking at Stephon Diggs. Last week went six for 115. Robbie Anderson went six for 114 in a touchdown against uh, against that cornerback. So Tyreek Hill is going to win in this matchup, and I think he's going to smash. So, yes, give me Tyreek at $8,200. Speaking of Stephon Diggs, he's 7,100 on Fandle. He's the wide receiver eight on Fandle, but wide receiver four on DK. So he's a value there. And, man, he's just been so fun this year. That whole Bills team has been with Josh Allen. But what we've seen this year is that Stefan Diggs actually has a floor. In years past, you know, he's had these monster games and then just disappear. But so far this year, he's been in double digits every single week. Um, I think he's set up for success against the Titans. And yeah, I just, I love Stefan Diggs. I love him stacking Josh Allen and him. I'll also throw out there that uh, John Brown is only $4,800 on DK. That is a serious misprice. Uh, a lot of people looked at his line last week. He also came into the game hurt. Um, but man, John Brown is someone that's going to win somebody a tournament one of these weeks. And um, so if you don't like digs, if, if you want to go a little bit cheaper, I don't mind John Brown. All right. I purposely put this question in here because we had a listener ask us, but this week is a week where you got to pay up for those top three tight ends. Um between Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews. So of those top three on Fandle, who do you like the most, Bets? It's hard to pick because they're all fantastic, but I'm going to roll with George Kittle. I mean, what he did last week against my Eagles was just absolutely insane. 15 targets, 15 receptions. Now he gets to take on the Dolphins. There is nobody that can keep up with George Kittle on that defense. Uh, I think he's going to come out and absolutely smash here. He's $7,100 on Fandle. Yeah, he's the cheapest of those three on FanDuel. I could see him being rostered on like almost 20% of lineups. Like he's going to be super popular because everyone wants to step down in price. So I'm going to pay up and go with Travis Kelsey. I mentioned earlier, $7,800, just that high floor. And I think he's set up to smash. I think he can get in the end zone really easily against the Raiders. um, And I really like it. All right, last one here in our battle royale. Let's give me a cheap DST that you will be rolling with. Yeah, how about the Cleveland Browns here at $3,800? Uh, they're taking on the Colts, and, you know, Phillip Rivers has these weeks where he just comes out and all of a sudden looks like he has no idea what he's doing anymore. And the wide receiver core is disgusting in Indy. T.Y. Hilton is not looking great as the wide receiver one. They're dealing with a ton of injuries. So to me, I mean, Phillip Rivers could find himself in situations where he has no idea who he's throwing the ball to, and all of a sudden you have a pick six on your hands with the Browns. So I will take Cleveland here as a cheap DST here in week five. Yeah, dropping down $300 more. Cowboys are $3,500. They've been bad, but they're playing at home against the Giants. I like the Cowboys. And in terms of correlation, play Zeke, play the Cowboys defense, and you're set up to just get a lot of points there. We also just need to mention that the Cardinals are going to be super popular against the Jets, and they're actually priced in a way on Fandle where they're a value. They're $4,200, the DST8, where on DK, they're the second overall defense. So the Cardinals on Fandle are somebody that you're going to want to play um, in cash especially, but they're going to be just be popular across the board. So um, make sure you think about the Cardinals. Mailbag. Mailbag. I wanted to get into a couple of questions here uh, that some listeners asked. A couple of them are strategy based, and I think a lot of people, you know, there's there's so many questions of start sit if you play redraft, or uh, there's just so many of those kind of questions. But strategy is how you learn how to take the game of DFS and look at it through a different lens, especially if the first couple of weeks here. Um, you haven't done so well in cash. I've gotten a lot of questions. I know you two uh, have gotten these bets where people are saying, my lineups aren't doing as well. Am I doing something wrong? And um, a lot of times it's just when you're configuring your lineups, it's you know asking yourself, is this team built to withstand things that go wrong? And last week, mine wasn't built in a way uh, where things could go wrong for DJ Moore 
or Kenyon Drake. I needed a higher floor. I really, I missed a couple of those lineups cashing by 10 points, which is, which is not much. So I love these questions. Yeah, no, that's, that's when you look at it and go, oh man, especially if no one gets injured. If someone gets injured, that's going to happen and you just have to move on. But if no one gets injured and you miss out, you're like, man, here's where I, I went wrong. So you could send in your questions at Kyle underscore Borg or at the fantasy PT on Twitter. But let's get into this first one for you, Bets. Stephen Duran, he asks, what's the best strategy for showdown slates, such as picking a defense, sleepers at a captain spot, or playing both QBs? What advice would you give for those single-game showdown slates? Yeah, this is a great question, and I wish I had a really quick (coughs) answer, but unfortunately I don't because each matchup is going to be different in that you want to kind of look at the game script and understand, okay, what player is likely going to come out and have the best possible matchup or or performance, I should say, based off matchup, based on game environment, all those sort of things. I would really encourage you to go back and listen to an episode that you and I recorded, Kyle. I want to say it was right before uh, the, the Thursday Night Football preview for the Chiefs and the Texans. We talked a lot about picking a captain, the strategy behind it, but here's my take on the situation. You want to pick a player in GPP formats who is going to come out and and have a spike week and not be rostered on a ton of teams because those players can come out and it's such a high variance game. It's just one game sample. So, you know, you can't get locked in. So for example, and this comes out on Friday, uh, I wrote up Darnell Mooney as a potential captain choice in Thursday night's game, which was last night, uh, if you're listening on Friday. And hopefully he did fantastic. We'll find out, I guess. But as a a pivot off of Allen Robinson, if you're playing in a a cash type of format, you're going to want to look at, you know, the quote-unquote safe player who you think will have the most points regardless of matchup. And so usually in those cases, you're looking at a quarterback or the the top running back. Uh, But I would really encourage you to check out the DFS pass. I read up the showdown preview for Thursday night football every single week, and there's a lot more strategy in that one. Uh, as well. Yeah, on DraftKings, it has some funky pricing when you're doing um, showdown slates because one, the captain spot is multiplied by one and a half, but then also there's some salaries when you're building lineups on DraftKings that you can get players for $200, you know, $500. And that's just, that gives you so many more combinations than maybe you can on FanDuel. And so I would just say the best strategy is if you're playing in a tournament, you just need to lock in uh, your captain, lock in your person. And then in the optimizer, which we have in our DFS pass, you just find a couple of combinations that work for you. So if you want to max out, if you're in, in a DraftKings tournament that maxes out with 20 entries, you need to put in the full 20 entries and say, you know what, this week, uh, I'm going to make sure that I have this player as my captain and I need to figure out the tons of different combinations. So a couple weeks ago, I had Sam Darnold as my captain and boy did I look great after that first really long rushing touchdown and then that game just went weird after that um with Brett Rippon and anyway but that's what you need to do you just need to find out and, and and make a pick of who you think that person is but in terms of playing both QBs is that something that you do bets not too often especially because for me I, in in the showdown slates I like to play more GPP style uh, of games because it's so tough to win these in cash because if you get the captain wrong, you're done. You're dead in the water. And so uh, I like to have a little bit of variance mixed in. And so I do play a couple lineups with two quarterbacks, but usually I'm looking at a scenario where it's one quarterback and a couple of pass catchers and then kind of correlating with the running back and a defense on the other side, those sorts of things. But you certainly can. Their price tag, though, is just insane. And so if you play one in the captain spot, I mean, one, 1. 1.5 times what their normal salary is on DraftKings just puts you in a really tough spot. Uh, at other positions. So usually it's one quarterback for me in these DFS showdown slates. This next question comes in from Aqua Buddha. Interesting. I love it. Uh, It's a wild question, but I I think it's fun to at least ask, are Kyle Allen and Joe Flacco worth a look regardless of their price tag? And I think what he's saying is these guys going into the week, we did not know that Kyle Allen would be starting for Washington and Joe Flacco would be for the Jets. When they set the prices on the, on the site, they, th- it didn't reflect that. And so these guys are the bare minimum. Um, would you consider punting and playing either of these two guys? I don't think I can. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco, we haven't seen on the field except for a few snaps last Thursday. And then Kyle Allen was just bad last year, <laughs> to be honest with you. And, you know, the, the matchups aren't great. 
for either of these guys. Carolina's, or excuse me, Arizona's a better defense. People give them credit. And I think the Rams are just going to suffocate Kyle Allen. So, yeah, I'm not looking at these guys this week in DFS. Yeah, if you really have a thing for lighting your money on fire, do it. But, uh, yeah, when you whenever you get these with quarterbacks and you're getting the cheap player, um, you could just... I, Kyle Allen would be the one I would pick if I was honest, um, just because I like the Washington weapons, but they're cheap for a reason. They're backup quarterbacks for a reason. And when you look at the matchups, like you said, like it'd be different if Kyle Allen was playing the Falcons uh, or playing a team that we could take advantage of. But the Rams is not one that I want to go against. So yeah, I would just, if you want to do a, a single entry tournament and go there, but you're asking Kyle Allen to score 25 points. And I don't think that's going to happen this week. Probably not. All right. Next one's from junior at Kurt junior underscore 22 is a Carolina stack worth going back to, or is the combo of them both being good last week? Plus Atlanta being hot garbage on defense going to pump up their ownership. And the point I wanted to bring up here is how high, how much are people going to concentrate on this game specifically? Like stacking Panthers. Do you think a lot of people are going to be on that this week? I certainly think there's going to be a a good amount of people. I don't think it's going to be too high that we can't play it, um, especially because I think there's a stigma around our boy, Teddy, and people don't think he is a, a high upside type of player. And I think in this matchup, he can be. And so I do think Robbie Anderson will have some ownership. I do think Mike Davis will be on a ton of rosters, but it's okay if you get different in other ways. Like we talked about before, put Teddy with DJ Moore. No one's going to play that stack because they're scared of DJ Moore and then bring it back on the other side uh, with Russell Gage, who's contrarian, or you could always go with Calvin Ridley if you wanted to kind of go with the the smart play, quote unquote. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be too high. I certainly want exposure to this matchup and I'll have a lot of Carolina this week. The thing with quarterback and if you want to get into ownership percentages, it's relatively flat. You're not going to find a quarterback that's going to be over 10% most weeks. Um, you know, last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick was that guy because he was so grossly mispriced on DraftKings. And so he was someone that was super popular, but for the most part, quarterbacks are going to be just, you know, 7%, maybe 4%. Maybe nobody's talking about someone that are 1%. Like at the end of the day, if you want to go with the stack, you roll with it. And, um, you have to ask yourself though, can my combination of my quarterback and my wide receiver get me 50 points? Just that two right there. And then on the other side, is it the pass catcher, pass catching running back? Is it a wide receiver that can chip in maybe another 15 to 20? You're just asking yourself, are these teams going to be keeping pace? And I think that is one worth looking at between Carolina and Atlanta. All right, let's get this last one from Nate Russiano. He says, talk about how you can predict game script and how that plays in a role in lineup construction, showdown strategies, and multi-game stack theory. So, how do you go about figuring out what game script you think is going to take place when we're looking at these games? Yeah, I think part of it is a combination of trusting Vegas, who, I mean, just year after year, they, it's a, it's crazy how close they are to the game totals and to the spreads and those sort of things. But then also, you know, if you're listening to our show and if you're listening to the main show, the you know, the fantasy footballer show, you're going to be a very knowledgeable football fan. And so you can use your knowledge as well to kind of say, okay, there's injuries on this side of the ball or this player is playing very, very well, or maybe they're not playing well at all. And so maybe we don't see the ceiling that they once had or whatever the scenario is, but you kind of have to say, okay, this is what Vegas predicting. And I think they're right. Or I think they're a little bit off in one direction or the other and then build around that way. But then at the same time, you have to understand, as we've said multiple times on this show, there's so much variance in football. And so I think you want to plan for both types of scenarios to, to play out the game hitting the over and both passing attacks, just going nuts, but then also uh, the running back succeeding and the defense also putting up a good week. So you want to kind of play it on both sides. If you're playing multiple lineups in GPPs, but I think if you're looking at it one way or the other, to me, the, the best pay- piece of advice is trust Vegas. It's insane how accurate they are. Yeah, look at the Vegas totals, like Beth said. That's a place to start. I'll give you an example. We talked about the Bengals at the Ravens, and the Ravens are 13.5-point favorites. So what Vegas is telling you is they're calling a Ravens onslaught. Like They're they're saying that the Ravens are just going to destroy that. I mean, that's a giant line. Um, so first, ask yourself, 
you know what? Okay, so if the Ravens are going to win by two touchdowns, how are they going to get those? Is that coming through Lamar or is that coming through Mark Ingram? Like that, those are the two ways that you kind of have to look through, look at it. Um, but then I like to also give myself two other game scripts when I look at each game and say, you know what? Maybe the way this game takes place is the Ravens defense scores a touchdown and the Bengals are playing catch up, but they're actually keeping it close. So what that's telling me is I need to actually look maybe at the Bengals side and say, you know what? Burrow could have 60 pass attempts, which we saw that what was that that Thursday night game against the Browns. He had 60 right, something yep. attempts. Like that's, that's the kind of story that the narrative that you have to tell yourself. And then you get to go another direction and say, you know what, what happens in this game is it's, it just goes under. Like that's the thing that we need to tell ourselves. We love the offensive points, but you could look at this game and say 51 points, man, what if this game just hits the under? What if, you know, Mark Ingram gets a touchdown, Lamar Jackson gets like, you know, maybe two touchdowns and the Bengals score like 13 points. Like that's not going to be enough to help you in DFS really stack. So then that's a game that you would fade. So I like to give myself three scripts for a game based on the obvious Vegas line. If things stay close and then the other one, which nobody likes to hear is if it hits the under the under is what old people who are grumpy and don't like football. That's what they, that's what they want to root for. <laughs> you, nobody likes rooting for an under, but that's actually how you win in DFS is you stay away from certain games and certain players and try not to get too cute. Any last thoughts on game scripts? No, I think you said it perfectly. And I think, you know, it's certainly a conversation that uh, is intriguing, but it's really, really a, a difficult thing to answer in just a few minutes. So uh, I would encourage you to check us out on Twitter and reach out to us and we can talk more about it. But yes, that's a great way to put it, Kyle. Yeah, we have some great evergreen episodes in August where we went through how to win consistently in DFS. We gave some of our top tips and strategies. We talked about showdown slates. Um, I think those are episodes that are worth listening to because they're going to be ones that help you throughout the year and uh, make you a better DFS player. So any last closing thoughts for people as we go into week five? I just got to say, over the past few weeks in the pod, I have not worn a backwards hat and I haven't had an awesome week in DFS. Backwards hat is back on. It's week five. Let's go. We're going to have a great week. Good luck in week five. You heard it here. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.